The message you're about to hear is a production of the Word and Sound Ministry of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Throne of Grace, Richmond Hill. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. God bless you as you listen to the transforming and inspiring Word of God. Know that God has heard your prayers in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So before... We, um, let me just, just wanted to, first and foremost, I want to say thank you to the set man of the house, Pastor Israel and his wife, who are not here right now. They are at the New Beginning um, Convention of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, North American Operations. I don't know how many of you were watched those programs online. Oh, my God. There was fire. <laughs> Even the anointing was so much on Daddy Joe that he had to sit <laughs> And it was just a blessing, you know, that Friday evening, I just, my eyes could not fall asleep. I was just watching and just being powerfully blessed. I want to say thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak to you this morning. And I also want to recognize his, his father, who are also our own spiritual fathers as well. His father and his mom are also here as well. And we recognize you, Sazama, in the mighty name of Jesus. That's Reverend Dr. Canon Israel Ogbeche. Praise the name of the Lord. May we have... Parents that serve God in the mighty name of Jesus. And you will serve God in your generation in the mighty name of Jesus. You know, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. Hey, I still have my grandmom, right? And she's um, 95. And my wife says that she always loves going to see her because she'll just throw you into that and she's CAC. So you can take it from there. <laughs> She just throws you into a season of prayer sessions, you know, no dull moment of prayer around her, even at 95. She will give you a good food. No, you know, I'm from my, she's from Oyo State in Nigeria, and you know the particular type of meal they give there. She'll make you feel and satisfied, and then she'll put you in that prayer zone. <laughs> Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. And we just have a testifier here, um, someone who wants to testify to the goodness of God, and I know that someone is going to connect to this. And it will do you good in the mighty name of Jesus. It says, I want to thank God for his faithfulness and most importantly for his mercy over the life of my family during this immigration process. We had our immigration hearing a few weeks ago. And before that day, you know, we were so specific in our prayers. Someone is going to be specific. That's what struck my heart. You're going to be specific in your prayers this morning in the name of Jesus. We're so specific in our prayers on how we want the hearing to be ministered and according to our request to God as a family, God granted it. And to the glory of God, we received a letter of approval and acceptance. We also thank the leadership of Throne of Grace for their prayers and support during this season. God's timing is always what? The best. It's never too early. It's never late. It's always what? Right on time. Someone shout a loud hallelujah. Thank you, everlasting Father. We want to bless your name. Thank you for this short moment in time that we will listen to you speak, not me speaking, oh God. I pray that we will hear your word and we will be doers of your word in the mighty name of Jesus. 
Lord, I ask, O oh God, let your word transform us, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. My prayer this, this morning, O oh God, is that we will not conform to our situations. We will not conform to the word. We will not accept whatever our situations and circumstances may say, but will be transformed by the renewing of our mind through the hearing of the word of God in the mighty name of Jesus. And God will do us good. In Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Um, a few days before um, I got the notification I was going to be speaking today, I drive a couple of minutes to the office. So I was driving to the office that day, and while I sit in the car, you know, one of the things I love about my driving is it's a good time to meditate, to I do anything I want to do, and you know, it, it's such a beautiful experience. As, as I was driving, the Holy Spirit said clearly to me, sometimes you have to drag your faith. Sometimes you have to drag your faith. And I was saying, Father, what does, <laughs> this, is, this, is, this, is, this is so unusual, you know, because you've not come across a situation, maybe a word that probably a particular thing in the scripture that says drag your faith. And, you know, I, I got a mental picture from that scenario that, you know, when it looks as if you're about, your faith is about to fail. Because your faith can sometimes fail. Who believes that? Peter's faith failed. When your faith and that situation is about to, you're about to give up on that situation. You take that faith and you tell your faith, I'm going to take you along. And I want you to believe and I want, to say, I want you to say to yourself this morning, I'm not done. I want, if you're watching us online, I want you to put it in the comment sections. I'm not done because God is not done with me. I'm not done because God is not done with me. And that is what I want to, to hear you say. Even in those situations that you have found so impossible to overcome. You know, a lot of times it is so natural. And especially when you are in an environment where it's so easy to actually give up. Where there's no one around, especially when you don't have anyone around you to really stimulate you. And I pray that God will give us those kind of people in the mighty name of Jesus. In throne of grace, you are not alone. You know, if you are joining our early morning prayers, our Wednesday prayers, I know one way through that avenue, God will speak to your situation. But a lot of times when we don't have people that can hold our hands, like, like Aaron and Ho was, were holding the hands of Moses. You just want to throw in the towel. You just want to say, you know, that moment when you just give that last gap and say, you know what, this is over. I'm, I'm just done. Maybe, we, maybe people that are having some challenges in their marriages. And we're in such an environment in this place that, you know, it's just so easy to... You know, one amazing thing, before I read the scriptures for today, one amazing thing about this environment, I don't know about you, but... This environment is made out of teamwork. You know that, right? I was sharing with, uh, with Dick and um, Mwewa this morning of how 
let me first of all go back. So when, when we first um, came into this country, I've never built anything with my hands before. That's the truth. So I saw this um, chest of drawers and I said, okay, let's, let me order it. Since it was in the picture, it always looks all made up. <laughs> so I got the package at home and I said, I think this is the wrong package. Because what I ordered was a <laughs> huge shell. <laughs> and I almost broke my back trying to, that was my first time I said, I was talking to another friend of mine yesterday. It was, it's been a year in this place. So we got talking into that direction and he said, for two days, he was just trying to build something. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. And that's the, you know, this environment thrives on, you know, that communion. You know, you need someone that can help you do your heavy lifting. But at the same time, it's so easy to just walk away from relationships. You just, you know what, I'm done. This is, this is not working. And especially, I've seen a lot of that happen in Canada. People who might have been having those struggles. I don't know whether they were having those struggles back home. And all of a sudden, they get here, and the environment creates that opportunity to say, you know what, I can't deal with this. I'm just going to walk away. And there's no one to say, why are you doing that? Can we, can't you just walk things out? I'm here to tell you that God will work it out for you in the mighty name of Jesus. Today is not the time to throw in the towel. Today is not the time to say, I'm done. Whatever you are believing God for. Maybe you have been believing God for a job. I've seen people, I, I know someone who was believing God for a job for three years. Three years. In this city. And when God did it, it, was, it took less than 24 hours to turn that story around. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. You know, to have applied, applied, applied. You know, there's a different stage of even if you are getting the interviews, that's that you are making progress. But when you're not even getting the interviews, you keep wondering that, you, you know, you begin to doubt yourself and wonder that, okay, am I competent enough? Am I good enough? And your certifications, your university degrees, and many of us, we come here, we, we came here with a lot of certifications and degrees and, you know, you have your masters, you have your double masters, you have your triple masters. And then it doesn't mean anything. Because you are no longer confident in what you are doing because of the rejection. Rejections make you feel less of yourself. But I'm here to tell you that you are more than what you see right now. You are more than what you are right now. You know, God stands in the future. You know, uh, you know one of the messages that I was listening to during the convention, he said, I love the way he said, he said, God stands in your future. And he speaks to you from the future that this is who you are. And he just can't comprehend it when you are thinking less of yourself. Because what he's seeing is completely different from what you are seeing. But today, when you get that new beginning experience, you begin to see what God is seeing concerning you in the name of Jesus. So even if tomorrow you get that email that, sorry, we are not making any progress, you are going to tell them that's your loss because my door is going to open very soon in the name of Jesus. My opportunity is going to come very soon, and my miracle working God is going to make a way for me in the mighty name of Jesus. That is the God we serve. I want us to open our Bible this morning to Hosea, and I'm going to tell us something about the life of Jacob in a different perspective because that's the way all this came together for me. Hosea chapter 12. The theme of the message is 
drag your faith. Drag your faith. Hosea chapter 12, and we're just going to read two verses. Verse 3 and verse 4. I'm going to tell us about Jacob in a different light. Can we get it in the New Living Translation? So in the New Living Translation, it says, I love this, even in the womb, Jacob struggled with his brother. That's a different story. When he became a man, he even fought with God. I want you to be on a mission this morning. And the next verse, he said, yes, he wrestled with the angel and won. He wept and pleaded for a blessing from God. There at Bethel, he met God face to face. Here at throne of grace, he did what? Bemileke met God face to face. Put your name there. I met God face to face and God spoke to me. God will speak to you this morning in the name of Jesus. Dragging your faith is, I call it, it's an out-of-body experience. Oh yes, of course it sounds like that. It's an out-of-the-natural experience. You know, it's as if you are the one, your faith is supposed to help you get across. But sometimes when that faith fails, you stand on what is written and say, no, I'm not going to give up at this point in time. When everything around you, it's pointing in that direction that you need to throw in the towel on this situation. You need to just give up on this project. You need to stop this application and probably go and get that factory job. You need to stop all this thing of trying to become this. You've been doing this exam over and over and you've been failing. And then maybe you just need to go get a job in, no, I don't want to use any place, right? But just get a job for the sake of getting a job. When God has a bigger plan for you, no matter how long it will tarry, today you will experience a new beginning in the name of Jesus. That new beginning is when you come to God face to face. And God speaks to you concerning that situation. And he tells you that this year is going to be your year in the mighty name of Jesus. That whether you have four months left in this year, whether we have just a couple of days left in this year, no matter what, you are going to cross over with a testimony in the mighty name of Jesus. That no matter what, you are going to cross over with that your testimony in the mighty name of Jesus. Whether you are believing God for the fruit of the womb, no matter what, you are going to cross over into 2022 with your testimony in the mighty name of Jesus. God is able. Looking at that verse again, Bible says Jacob, even in the womb, he had struggles in life. Everyone thinks about Jacob in one way because that's what we've always known as a supplanter, right? That's what we know. This guy was like a mean guy for the, from the womb. But this guy was just looking for something. He wanted his life to be meaningful. He wanted his life to be what? To be meaningful. And that is what I want to tell you about Joseph, this, about Jacob this morning. 
He didn't just struggle because he wanted to take something from his brother. Yes. It, I will tell you about the bad right and the paradox of that story. But all he wanted was a meaningful life. And many of us, it feels as if right from the womb, your life, maybe struggle should have been your middle name. The struggle. I know I was, I, was, I think, I, I can't remember when I was, I think I was studying and the Holy Spirit made me understand something that the word hustle, you know, we, as young people, we use the word hustle a lot. You know, I'm, I need to hustle, I need to do this. I need, and the Holy Spirit said that hustle is not a spiritual word. Hustle is just mean that you're just walking with that direction. Doing everything that you can to just get somewhere. Favor is what you need. Favor is what you need. To just send one application, or you don't even need to send any application. They're all over the web trying to get your attention. God is able to do it. And that was the story of Jacob. That consistent struggle in his life. That consistent struggle in his life. And when you look at, you will see it, this dragging your faith, you will see it also in Romans chapter 4, verse 18. Let's open our Bible to Romans chapter 4, verse 18. Against all hope, Abraham in hope, and look at what the way New Living Translation, if, if you don't get any version, I think you must get a New Living Translation. And then I think there's this, there's so many new ones nowadays. He said, even when there was no reason to hope. Please, can I just leave the memory of this? Just, just leave it there. So that it's, you know, sometimes you open the scriptures and you just keep going back there. Even when there was no reason to hope, Abraham kept hoping. Now, what do we do if you look at that simple sentence? Even when there was no reason to hope, put your name there. What are you doing? What are you doing right now concerning that situation? Even when there was no reason to hope, when it was so right, if you throw in the towel right now, if you say, I'm done right now, everybody say, well, you know what? You did your best. Oh my God, I don't want to just do my best. I want to receive God's best. I don't want to say to myself, oh, I gave it my best shot. That will not be your story in the mighty name of Jesus. You're not going to tell yourself, I gave it my best shot in the mighty name because God is going to give you the best in the mighty name of Jesus. If you believe that, shout a louder hallelujah. Even when there was no reason to hope, Abraham kept hoping. I love it. Believing, hoping, believing. I don't know the number of times, right from 75 till when it got to 100. That was 25 years. I don't know the number of times his faith dropped on the way. It got to a, it got to a place in Genesis chapter 15. You could see clearly that he, dropped, he, he literally dropped his faith there. That was a typical example of he dropped his faith right there. He said, God, you know something? I'm going to give you a way out of this. I know you want your word to be fulfilled, but God, let me help you 
get out of this tough situation you have put yourself, God, because you gave me a promise, but I can make it work for you. I will be able to fix this situation for you. And God said, I'm listening. And he said, you know what? I have this guy born in my house, right? Smart boy, intelligent. You know, he's been doing a great job. You know, if you read when he went to get a wife for Isaac, when Eliza went to get a wife for Isaac, you need to understand the level of responsibility Abraham gave Eliza. He told him, put your hands under my lap and make a promise to me that you will get equal. If he brought anybody, that was it. If he went to the land of Syria and he brought a Canaanite woman, that was it. Abraham had no choice. Isaac was going to marry that person. And you will read the story in that place. He said, in Bible said when he got to that well, he made his camels. Bible called it his camels, not Abraham's camels. He made his. That means what? Maybe at that point in time, it was as if this is it. He made his camels sit, and he prayed to God. And that was Abraham trying to solve the problem for God, like many of us try to do a lot of times. We try to work it out for God. That yeah, we have a brain, and that's why God gave us a brain. Bless the name of God for that. And we can work things out in our minds. We can put two and two together and do some computations. And then we'll probably arrive at a response, at, the, at an answer. But that may not be the answer God is ready to give you. Abraham was trying to work it out for God. But God said, what are you trying to do? God told him, I am your exceeding reward. He's telling you this morning that, allow me to use the word, don't get it wrong. Don't get it twisted. I am your reward. It has to come, you know, you need to come to that place where you understand when God is, you know, when God is joking around and when God is serious. At that point in time, God was serious. Come off what you're saying right now. I am your exceeding reward. I'm the one that will make it work. I said it. Don't doubt my word. Don't doubt what I'm saying. Don't question what I've said. When you left your home country and you came all the way to this place, there are things that he said to you. There are things, there are visions that he gave to you. And it looks as if everything opposite could be happening right now. God is saying to you tonight, this morning, I am your exceeding reward. He is your exceeding reward. Abraham dropped his faith at that point in time. But he picked it up again, just like you're going to pick it up this morning in the name of Jesus. He picked it up. You know, we've been in several situations that you begin to wonder, God, how is this, going, this thing going to work? And of course, we go back to the story of, now please, can we just, now I love this. Thank you. So can we go back to that Hosea, Hosea chapter 12, verse 3 and 4? And this is now, we're talking about Jacob right now. And he struggled from his womb. Sometimes it, at the point in time, he thought taking the bat right away from his brother Esau was going to give him that blessing. Yep. He thought that was going to solve his problem. That thing that you've been looking for, you think if you can swindle someone else, you think if you can outsmart this person, you think if you can do it your own way. That was what he was trying to do. Getting that bat right from Esau did not solve his problem. 
Yes, we know that, yes, we took the bat right, and then we think that, oh, Esau, and then you will see the paradox of the story. When you go to Genesis chapter 32, can we go to Genesis 32, and I'm going to just make you see something that triggered him to go to God. That God, this is not, I can see that this, what I've been doing right now for myself is not working. What I've, how I've been trying to outsmart myself is not working, you know. He thought he could outsmart his brother. He did. But, you know, like they say something in where, where, where we come from, a cunning man. <laughs> I don't want to say it in a way that people will, <laughs> but, you know, when I say cunning man, Barry is a cunning man. You know, you, can, you know what I'm trying to say. So in Genesis chapter 32, that was something that provoked him to understand that, nah, I don't think this is working out the way I, I planned it to work. Whatever, you know, that struggle continued. That struggle continued in his life. And he got to that point, you know, when, let's read from the verse, um, verse 3. He said, then Jacob sent messengers ahead to his brother Esau, who was living in the region of Seir, in the land of Edom. He told them, give this message to my master. He thought he had the birthright, right? But at this point in time, he recognized. I don't know, he had not even seen Esau, but he knew that there is something about Esau that is different. There is something about you that is going to be different in the mighty name of Jesus. When people think they have written you off, they will know that you are just starting your story in the mighty name of Jesus. They will recognize that your story is just, you are about to turn the next chapter in the mighty name of Jesus. God is about to give you that movie-like experience. They will think that you are watching Hollywood. Praise the name of the Lord. It will look like, many of us who have watched those um, old-time um, Chinese movies, when the master has been beaten, you know, they've been brushed, 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 and then the master is lying down. And all of a sudden, <laughs> where, where does that power come from? He just stands up, and he just does his hand. I'm, talk, I'm not talking about recent Chinese movies, like the old Bruce Lee kind of movie, you know, they just stand up, and then he just goes up, and he just brushes everybody once and for all. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. That is going to be how that experience is going to be for people in the name of Jesus. Bible says when God, when, when God brought back the promises of his people, Bible said they were like them that were doing what? They were dreaming. People will be wondering that how. God is going to give you a how testimony in the mighty name of Jesus. And if you are watching us online, Put it there. God is going to give me a how testimony in the mighty name of Jesus. So let's go back to the story. He said, now look at it. He said, humble greetings from your servant Jacob. Until now I have been living with my uncle Laban and now I own cattle, donkeys, flocks of sheep, goat. I have sent these messengers to inform my Lord of my coming, hoping that you'll be friendly to me. And then verse 6 says, after delivering the message, the messengers returned to Jacob and reported, we met your brother Esau. And he's already on his way to meet you. Look at the, the next phrase. With an army of 400 men. And I decided to go check Abraham. And I discovered that Abraham had 318 armed men in his house. That means Esau was greater than Abraham. This was the one they had written off. I was... I was with, and at that point in time, he knew that all those things that I've been trying to do, 
do for myself. And Esau's stories, you know, one thing, I, one thing about Esau's story that hurts me so much was his mom walked against him. His mother walked. How I know that there are some good mothers, great mothers that I'm look that are looking at me right now, watching me online, and you know that you can never do that to your children or to your child, to any of your child, no matter how bad you feel about that child. Even when you look at it and you look at it that look, this child is. That's why you see if you go to Redemption Camp in Nigeria, you see some mothers holding pictures of their. Every time they're always holding pictures of their of their children, because. There's something that will never give up inside of you concerning that child. And we know the story of Pastor Paul Adepharacin. Basically lost. But someone never gave. That, that is the mother. But Esau's case was so different. Even his mother connived against him to take his blessings. Everything that could go wrong went wrong for him. Your brother stole from you, stole your birthright from you. Why did you do that? I was just hungry. That was all. I, that was all. I was just hungry. And you got home and then your brother just started, you know what, before I'm going to give you this food, he, was not, he didn't go out to play volleyball or basketball in the schoolyard. He went hunting. He didn't go hunting for himself. He went hunting for the family. And you came home, you were starving. And they couldn't show you love. The only thing they could say was that, you need to sign up to your bright right. I'm going to write this article of independent, blah, blah, blah. You know, they got a lawyer. Who, maybe we have lawyers in the house. They wrote a, a, a binding document. And it says, sign out your bright right. And he thought, maybe he thought he was joking. That's what I would think because it's his brother, right? He thought he was joking. Oh, you can't be serious. Are you that serious? This is because of porridge. I don't want you to see Jacob and Esau as any other story anymore. Or someone outsmarting one. They all had their own weaknesses. Jacob was looking for something, of, was looking for relevance in his life. And he thought that that way was going to get him there. That if I get this, I'm probably going to be as great as Abraham. But even with all he had, he said, I have donkeys and, th and things like that. But he said, Esau is coming with 400 armed men. 400, he was, God had turned his life around. God had turned the rejection of his mother, the rejection of his parents, the rejection of his brother. God had turned it around for good. And God is going to turn that story around for you in the mighty name of Jesus. And at that point in time, that was when Jacob realized that I need to find God. And this morning, that is the whole essence of this message you need to find God Hosea 3 verse 4 says until he came he met God at Bethel and saw God face to face you will find God this morning in the name of Jesus you will lift your hands to him and he will hear you in the mighty name of Jesus that struggle that has started from the womb God will put an end to it in the name of Jesus you know I tell you something like I said when we we're praying that Relocation is not going to solve some problems. You think you're out of the mix? You need to come to God. You will just realize that you're going through that, you know, Jonathan McReynolds said, 
it keeps going in cycles. It keeps going in cycles. You need to go and listen to that song. It's just a story of life. The same thing that happened back from where you're coming from. I've seen people who have moved continents like in, in socks. I don't know what's happening. You know, you've been in this place, you move to this particular place, and then you move to this particular place, and then you move. What exactly are you looking for? I'm sure we're all have people like that. You've known their story. They were in this part of Western Europe, and then all of a sudden you heard that they were in North America, and then all of a sudden they crawled into Canada. They are finding meaning for their lives because the struggle has still not ended. And I pray this morning that you will come face to face with God in the mighty name of Jesus. Whatever anyone has done against you, you are going to let it go in the mighty name of Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, he saw that nobody believed could achieve anything was a, became a, as wealthy and as powerful as Abraham. And that's what I showed you because if you check Genesis 14 verse 14, it will tell you the number of of um, men that Abraham had. Genesis 32 verse 6 tells us already that Esau had 400 men. Nobody could, can write you up when God is still writing your story. Isaac's, Isaac's course became the breakthrough for Esau. You know, that when they said that you are not going to amount, oh my father, is there anyone in this place that you have heard that word? that you are not going to amount to anything. I cancel it over your life in the mighty name of Jesus. Maybe it might have been when you were so young. You know, the truth of the matter is that growing up as a young kid myself, my, my dad, I love him right now, but I can tell you that the only thing I was hearing from him to me was thick heavy courses. That was it. That literally I could not even believe that anything good can come out of me. Thank God for my mom. But you know, there's some time that even your mother can, there's a limit to, because the, man, I want you to understand the power that God has given to you. You know, even though I was doing well, there was still a longing in me, even after being married, waiting for a father's approval. Ah! I never understood it. Despite the fact that I was in Christ, despite the fact that God had turned it around, but the moment he said it, I knew that this is what a father's approval means. And I don't know about you. You know, anyone that you have heard that phrase, you are not going to amount to anything. God is going to surprise them in the mighty name of Jesus. You are going to become restless about your situation. You are going to drag your faith across the finish line. Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 that faith is what? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of that is something that you can hold on to. You know, that, you know what I'm saying? It didn't say, yes, it said a substance, but it's something. That's why I want you to understand that dragging your faith is a literal dragging in your mind or whether in the physical realm. Whatever, maybe it's your child that you are believing God for. You are dragging that child and saying, you know what? You are going to come after me. 
you are going to be saved. You are going to be healed. You are going to be transformed. You drag that your marriage and you believe that this marriage is not going to break up. We have not come all this way. We've not spent 25 years in marriage for you to end up on the rocks in Canada. Sometimes you need to know that the woman with the issue of blood dragged our issue to the hem of God's garment. And this morning, you will drag that situation to the hem of God's garment in the mighty name of Jesus. Twelve years you struggled with it. Maybe she could have just given up and said, okay, I'll just try to manage my health and manage my life and just use the drugs and just do whatever it takes to just keep myself going and maybe one day I'll just fall down and die and that'll be the end. But she saw a window of opportunity to come face to face with God. And she did not let go. Despite the crowd pressing. That's another message for another day. Despite the crowd pressing, she did not let go. God will help us this morning to understand this in the mighty name of Jesus. So as we bring this to a close this morning, let me say something to you. One of the most important things that you need to come face to face with God is to deal with the root of unforgiveness. And when I came into church, guess the book that Yogbeche gave me? The Power of Forgiveness. At that point, I just, I just held up my hand and just said, you know what? God, you are too much. If you go to Genesis chapter 30, 32 and you will read the story of when, they, when, they, when he actually met um, in 33 verse 4, when they actually met, Bible said in verse 33, verse 4, he said, Then Esau ran to meet him and embraced him, threw his arms around his neck and kissed him, and they both wept. What was Jacob expecting? Brethren, Unforgiveness will never get you across the finish line. Unforgiveness as simple as malice will never get you across the finish line. Nothing unforgiveness will make God inaccessible to you and you will not be able to make progress. The next thing I want to let us know is you create an environment of what you want with your words. You know, a lot of people feel that when people are being positively minded, and yes, I get the whole idea about positivity, motivational, yeah, it's good. But it cross, what I'm saying crosses that boundary to emphasize on you speak your situation to life. When I was in, in the uni, so when we were coming, um, relocating to Canada, you know what you have to do. You have to clear out your stuff and everything. I found a book. You know what I wrote in the book? 
I wrote university, a Nigerian university book. I wrote University of Alberta, MSc. I never knew that I was going to land up in Canada. But the moment I saw it, I just showed my kids. I didn't know this. I didn't know I was ever in my head. You know, I was still telling someone that as of 1999, we were all like, this country, we're going, this country, we're going to make it. This country, Nigeria, that this is it. Amen. No, drag, okay, thank you, sir. Someone said, drag your faith. All right, I'm going to drag that faith in the mighty name of Jesus. I have a couple of minutes. <laughs> Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. So you speak those things to life. Bible says, speak those things that are not as though they were. They were. You speak concerning your child. That you, this child, you will hear the word of God. You, this child, you will be used by God in the mighty name of Jesus. You speak to your husband. You speak to your marriage. You speak to your job. That you will be great in the mighty name of Jesus. You have a wall. I'm one of the things I love about my wife. She has a wall of, I mean, I write everything in my heart. She has a wall. She wants it to be clear, without a doubt, that this is what I expect from you, O God. And I, you know, one day I, I crossed over to our side of the room and I actually saw that God was actually answering them. One after the other, she was get, putting a check mark on it. You begin to put that check mark in the mighty name of Jesus. A new beginning is more than a new country, more than a new job, more than a new house, more than a new car. It's a new life in Christ. A life that is complete in him. Remember, Jacob realized that everything he was doing was just on his own until he came to God. Let's stand up to our feet this morning and let's pray. If you have not given your life to Christ, wherever you are, I want you to just, if you're watching us online right now, and you've been like Jacob, you've been Hustling, let me use that word. You'll be hustling life all by yourself. Trying to fix life all by yourself. Put your hand on your chest this morning and say, Father, I've come home. Wherever you are, just put your hand on your chest and say, Father, I've come home. If you know that you are dealing with unforgiveness in your heart right now because of what someone said 20, 30, 40 years ago, that you've not let go. Bring it before the altar of God this morning and say, Father, I've come home. If you're accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior right now, I want to just say it after me. Father, I've come to you as a sinner to confess my sins. I recognize that I've been doing this all by myself. But today, I put an end to my own struggles, to my own know-hows, to what I've done all by myself. And I've come to you face to face, O oh God. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Turn my life around and make me live a life of Christ in Jesus' name. If that unforgiveness is in your heart, lay before the altar this morning. 
Thank you for listening to today's word and we believe you have been blessed. For further information, please visit our website at www.throneofgracecanada.ca or send us an email to info at throneofgracecanada.ca The word works. Throne of Grace. Transforming lives. Establishing His kingdom.